Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Hi, love, and welcome to Lovely with Lana. I'm Lana, your podcast host, here to talk about all things Pilates, wellness, fashion, lifestyle, and of course, it has to be pink. Well, not all the time, but most of the time at least. I hope that you absolutely love this episode and let's get right into it. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I am so happy that you decided to click on and listen in. If you are new, an extra special welcome to you. Whether you found me through social media, scrolling through Spotify or Apple, or just randomly somehow found me, I'm happy that you're here. You're in the right place at the right time. And if you're returning, as always, hugs and kisses. I'm so proud of this little wellness princess community and you for showing up, for working on becoming the best version of yourself together. So be sure to follow this podcast, give it a rating, give it a review, share it on your story. It helps me so much grow when you interact with the podcast and it helps me keep going and growing the show and keep showing up every week so we can all grow together and be sure to follow all of my socials. I'm most active on Instagram and you can find me at lovelywithlana and at lovelywithlanapod. Next, let's set the mood. It is currently 8.12 p.m. on a Monday evening and I'm standing here in my blanket on my standing desk talking to you. The lights are dimmed down low in my room. I have my pink little LED lights on. The vibes are good. My room smells very fresh and open because I had my window open. Today was a productive day. Went to school, came back, walked outside for a bit. It's just such a good de-stressor to walk outside before you really do anything um, productive because I think it's just... I don't even listen to a podcast. Right when I get home, I just want to walk in silence because I get really overstimulated throughout the day. I'm really busy and it's just nice to breathe and just be in your thoughts for a second. Then I did a upper body Pilates class. As always, I love Move with Nicole. So if you're looking for a at-home Pilates YouTuber, her videos are fantastic. And luckily, she's not like some of those fitness influencers that put like ads straight in the middle of the workout video. If you know, you know. She's just, her voice is so calming. I absolutely love her. And then I had dinner and now I'm chatting with you. I'm also sipping on my poppy. If you don't know, this is my prebiotic soda obsession. No, it's not sponsored. I'm just kind of obsessed. Refreshing. Anyway, a high and a low. So a high is, it is so warm today. Like, All day, it was practically in the 60 degrees Fahrenheit range or 15.5 degrees Celsius for the girls that don't live in the U.S. system. And honestly, I was going outside as much as I can, you know, taking the longer route to my classes, trying to soak up as much sun as possible because, you know, if the sun is out, I'm going to be out there too. This is pretty abnormal for where I live. I live in Minnesota in the United States of America. So that's like kind of very north. It's right next to Canada. And so it's not supposed to be this warm on a February day, but you know, whatever. We've had a warmer winter in general. I'm not going to complain because I was able to spend more time outside and like walk around without a big puffy coat. My low is 
Over the past weekend and over the past few weeks, I've struggled a lot with procrastination and time management. So I, I mean, this is where the whole episode came up is it was a lot of self-sabotage, negative coping strategies, not wanting to address emotions and deal with them in a healthy way. And for me, that leads to procrastination. That leads to maybe spending a little too much time on my phone. And obviously it's a whole domino effect. If you waste a little time throughout the day, then you have to stay up later. And then if you stay up later, you don't go to bed on time. So you wake up later than normal and you just feel so sluggish and bad and I know you girls you guys all want to be feeling great you want to feel energetic without like a ton of caffeine you want to feel energetic naturally you want to feel good and obviously certain habits like procrastination can definitely limit you feeling that way so we're going to work on it together I'm working through it too and like tonight for example I was really prioritizing my evening routine a routine that both prioritizes relaxation and working out and movement and nourishing my body along with being productive and recording this podcast and later I'll have to do homework. Like I want to be productive, but I also want to make sure I have time for rest and not let one or the other kind of like take priority. I think I was letting rest and a little bit of procrastination that wasn't even like good procrastination. It wasn't even filling my cup. Like scrolling through social media generally doesn't fill my cup. It doesn't make me feel fantastic all the time. And so probably minimizing that and just learning on how to truly live a balanced life instead of always making excuses and always kind of saying, oh, I'll like do it tomorrow. Like I'll stop scrolling tomorrow. Really? Because you've been saying that to yourself for the past few months. So really not allowing yourself to play into that victim mentality and work on becoming the best version of yourself ultimately. And finally, a shout out. So in episode 93, which is all about how to be hot, I asked what is something hot about you? It could be physical or from the inside because there are so many beautiful things about each and every one of you listening, probably both the inside, whether it's your kindness, your loving personality, or it could be physical. It could be that you just have a really great body, you have a really great booty. You love your eyes. You love your hair. Like there are so many things that are beautiful about you. Anushka said, Hey Lana, I love your podcast so much. You are literally my inspiration. I really hope I get a shout out on next week's episode, which is, I guess this week's episode, because Anushka's birthday is apparently Saturday, March 2nd. She's turning 13. So wow, happy birthday, Anushka. And something hot about her, she said, is her leadership skills. That's hot. Honestly, if you can lead, if you're always like taking initiatives, if you're always leading, you know, your friend group, leading your group at school, I think it's so cool. And it's that's really attractive, honestly. If you can be a leader and you can be a good one, instead of just like doing all the work, you're able to motivate people and divvy up the work and really get things done and be more productive. So happy birthday, Anushka, and I'm so proud of you, and I hope you have a fantastic 13th birthday. Okay, so self-sabotage is something that I and so many people struggle with silently, and I think last year I read the book, The Mountain Is You. It's a really popular book in the self-help community. It's by Brianna West. You can definitely buy it on Amazon. I'll leave a link down below. And that book really opened my eyes in all of the ways that self-sabotage occurs in my life. So self-sabotage and negative coping strategies go hand in hand. Oftentimes when we feel bad about ourselves or we messed up once, right? We want to start to spiral. We want to partake in those negative coping strategies to maybe make us feel better. For example, 
if I had an unproductive morning routine or I just procrastinated for a little bit throughout the day, and this is something I really struggle with on the weekends and I'm working through it, is I feel bad about myself. And then I don't want to address those emotions because I mean, who wants to address the self-loathing that you feel. So I suppress those emotions by going on social media more or procrastinating more, watching too many Instagram reels, watching a little too much Netflix, maybe not drinking my water, maybe not moving my body as much as I should. That is self-sabotage. That is operating from a place of, I don't want to address the emotions that I'm feeling right now. And you know, there's a lot of negative coping strategies that I've struggled with or I have struggled with in the past and something all of you girls have, I've had DM paragraphs, essays of you girls explaining that, you know, maybe you're like really sad and you can't get out of bed or maybe you're constantly emotionally and binge eating and you literally can't stop and it's making you feel horrific and you can't stop and you emotionally eat because you're avoiding the emotions. You are constantly oversleeping and sleeping too much or too little to avoid the emotions. You're overworking yourself and booking yourself to the brim without even a break because you don't want to deal with the negative shit that is going on in your life. I'm sorry to use that kind of language, but like that's just the reality is you don't want to deal with the hard stuff because who wants to? It's really hard work and it's painful and it's challenging and nobody wants to do it. But Trust me that when you start to address the emotions, when you start to work on more positive coping strategies, your life will drastically change. I've worked through so many all or nothing self-sabotaging behaviors and coping strategies, but I mean, I'm human. So things like emotional eating does come up to me now and again, even though I thought I would defeat that like a year ago. It does come up to me when I'm super stressed or when I'm super upset, right? Sometimes bad habits can reappear and it matters more if you're identifying this bad habit and you're working on it rather than falling victim to them once again. I want you to know that self-sabotage is normal. You're like not broken. You are normal for sometimes emotionally eating or isolating yourself from friends or taking your anger on other people. It's normal to have days where we feel horrible about ourselves, our bodies, etc., but we can't wallow in those times. You can't constantly lay in bed acting like the victim, always placing a label on yourself. Boo-hoo, look at me, I'm depressed. Well, you know what? Stop having everything seem like it's against you. Stop blaming, you know, the fact that your mom purchased cookies, you were stressed, and you ate the whole box. That's on you, babe. You were trying to numb something out there. It's not the fact that like your body wanted them. It's probably due to emotions. Everything you have gone through, I or someone else in this beautiful Wellness Princess community has gone through. You are so loved and you are so worthy and you deserve to work on yourself. Remember that. You need to understand that your self-worth is so important because when you understand who you are, even with all of these flaws, even with all these negative coping strategies, that will give you the freedom and the strength to work work on them to become the highest version of yourself. Today, we are going to talk all about identifying negative coping strategies and self-sabotaging behaviors and finding ways to deal with those difficult emotions in a healthier way. Hi loves, before we get into the episode, I have to let you know about a small company I'm absolutely thrilled to be partnering with, Matinee Candle Co. Matinee Candle Co. sent me some of their candle care items and honestly, it has changed my self-care to a new level. The candle care items are so high quality and best of all, they do come in pink. I'm finally able to actually enjoy and take care of the candles I do have and it's all thanks to the candle care items I received. 
If you want your own Kindle Care set, be sure to go to matineecandleandco.com and use the code LOVELY10 for 10% off your order. Both the link and the code are in the show notes and they're on my link tree if you forget. Now let's jump right into the episode. First, what is a coping strategy? A coping strategy is something that we do to reduce stress or some kind of emotion that comes up. Coping strategies can be positive, so think you get stressed and you always go for a run. Or you're anxious before an exam, so you do some deep breaths. I like to think of all of these positive coping strategies are like tools in a toolbox, right? You can add in all these tools like running or talking to a friend or meditation to the toolbox, but you have to make the conscious choice of adding it to the toolbox and using it when needed. You can't think, oh yeah, I can run, but then like you never ever run, you probably won't enjoy it, so you will never use that coping strategy. We'll talk about all these positive coping strategies later, but just keep that in your head. Coping strategies can also be negative, so I'm going to be super vulnerable on this podcast because, quite frankly, you girls probably know more about me than, like, anybody else, so, oh well. Here are some of my negative coping strategies. Picking my cuticles or my skin. This is definitely something I've struggled with since I was pretty young, and it's due out of boredom. Maybe I'm really anxious. Maybe I'm not feeling so great about myself for some reason, so... We'll talk about later on how I helped heal that, but I know a lot of girls do like pick out their skin, pick out their cuticles, pick out their nails, and there are ways to help with that. I tense my entire body, especially my jaw, shoulders, and stomach. I've had digestive issues because I would clench my stomach so much, not because it wasn't like flat or whatever. It's literally because I get so anxious that my entire body like kind of just tenses up. And the girls that know, know. Um, I've had like jaw issues because I tense my jaw so much. I've currently am struggling with a shoulder issue because I kept holding my shoulders, like clenching them into my body for so long. So that's something that I'm working through. Another negative coping strategy is isolating myself from friends and family. Yes, when I get really anxious, when I feel like my self-worth is in the bin, I will isolate myself from everybody. I won't really text. I won't go to events. I'll just become a little hermit. And that is something that I am actively working to fix because I'm an extrovert and I need people to feel better. Another coping strategy that isn't good, overworking, overbooking myself, making myself work like a dog, not taking a break because I don't want to deal with the negative emotions. Scrolling through social media. So scrolling through social media can come from a good place of, oh, like I have a few extra minutes and like I want to make sure that I stay on top of the trends because I mean, I do create content on social media. But when I feel like my self-worth is not in a good spot, maybe I had a really bad day, maybe I'm just procrastinating. And then I would just scroll through social media endlessly and I'm not gaining any knowledge and I don't feel good about it. That's not a good coping strategy. Emotional eating is also one of my coping strategies. Luckily, we have crawled out of that so many times, but I mean, I've struggled with it for years. So I have all the tools in the toolbox to fix that issue. And last negative coping strategy that I can think of is taking my anger out on other people, right? When I'm angry, whether it's at myself because I wasn't as productive as I wanted to be, or I don't know, maybe I don't like the way that I look, maybe I don't like the way that my hair is, you know, doing, maybe I don't like the grade that I got, I will take that like self-centered anger and I will kind of push it onto other people and I kind of become a meaner version of me and that's just not the true me that's not who I am on the inside and so again actively working on dealing with those negative emotions in a positive way is so so important that was really vulnerable quite frankly I don't know if I'm even 
that comfortable to talk to like my friends about this, even my close friends or some even certain family members because these are very vulnerable things and people don't want to talk about their negative coping strategies and the things that they struggle with because it is something very vulnerable but I know that if I can help at least one girl out there feel like oh well like Lana also struggles with this right and she's working on changing it so maybe I can change it like I'm living proof babe that you can change a lot of negative coping strategies other negative coping strategies that I have never dealt with but I know of can include hurting yourself in many different ways going to a ton of parties, dating too much, drinking alcohol, etc. And this is kind of a hot take, but it's so funny how in college, because I go to the U University of Minnesota, it's so funny how in college, all the people that are like getting blackout drunk or addicted to their vapes or other drugs, like I see them around, right? Like I'm not even on Snapchat, but like other people show me their Snapchats and they show like the stories that these people post. They're so unhappy with themselves. Like they act like they're having so much fun at a party. But if you're blackout drunk, what are you avoiding? Like that's my question. Because using substances to block out emotions you don't want to face, that's not a good coping strategy. Like those emotions will come back and they will haunt you. So I want you to understand that coping strategies can definitely vary. Um, some people definitely take coping strategies to an extreme that probably aren't the healthiest, but it's really good to be aware of all of these coping strategies and know that like, yes, everybody has negative coping strategies and everybody has things that they deal with behind closed doors and nobody wants to talk about it. What is self-sabotage? So we talked about coping strategies. And again, that's something that you do to reduce a certain emotion to make yourself feel better. But self-sabotage is something that you do that prevents you from reaching your goals or ultimate desires. As mentioned earlier, coping strategies and self-sabotage are related. Generally, there is some sort of like trigger for example, anxiety or anger or stress. And then we reach for a coping strategy. And oftentimes, if it's a negative coping strategy, it's also a self-sabotaging one. So for example, I get stressed, right? That's like the trigger. Instead of using one of the many tools that I have in my positive coping strategy toolbox, I decide to start eating. I end up overeating, probably on non-nutritious snack food. And then I feel bad about myself. So then that entire day, I don't work out. I don't drink enough water. I don't do self-care. I feel horrible about myself. And also this results into me not being productive the rest of the day. That is self-sabotage on so many levels. First, I'm eating when my body is not hungry, right? I'm eating past the point of fullness, which is not honoring my body and how it was created. Secondly, I'm not drinking water or working out. I'm not doing things that I know will help me become the person I want to be. The ultimate goal is I want to be a healthy and happy individual, but not doing those things is limiting that goal, aka self-sabotage. Also, I'm not productive, which is also sabotaging my goal of being a productive girly that works hard in school and at work. See, self-sabotage is all around this, right? There's a triggering emotion, stress, and you turn to one thing and the other because those are negative coping that you are hoping that could help you feel better, but instead it just makes you feel worse. That story is not fake, okay? I've genuinely had days that went like that. Like instead of dealing with a really negative emotion, like being stressed out because maybe I'm struggling in a class, right? And I feel like I'm the only one struggling. Well, then instead of like, using that time and maybe asking questions and using positive coping strategies, I turn to food or self-isolation and end up hurting myself in the process. 
Luckily, I've spent years working on self-sabotaging behaviors like overeating, nervous tics, self-isolation, procrastination, etc. So I'm going to give you all the tea on how I am constantly working through to lean more on those positive coping strategies and let go of the negative. First, stop viewing yourself as someone you hate. I've had episode 92 go over why you should not hate yourself, right? Stop hating your body, your life. Stop hating your bad habits. Stop hating the fact that you chew your nails or turn to food or procrastinate when bad emotions come up. It's not your fault. It's not your fault that you develop these negative coping strategies. Your past self had no other resources. For your past self, food was there when you had negative emotions and it made you feel somewhat better. For your past self, maybe isolating yourself made you feel somewhat better and somewhat more in control. You need to understand that these negative coping strategies, it's not something to hate about yourself. You cannot hate yourself into a life that you love. Your past self literally had no other resources and that's what she turned to to survive. So never blame yourself for developing bad coping strategies. However, it's your responsibility to gain control over these negative coping strategies. It is your job to not be a victim of these and work towards dealing with negative emotions and dealing with bad thoughts about yourself, bad thoughts about a certain situation in a healthy way. But you have to remember to love and forgive your past self. She was doing the best she could. Quite honestly, like little past me, yes, I had probably issues with overeating and undereating, but I was doing the best I could at the time. That was my coping strategy. I had nothing else to control. I had nothing else to turn to. Obviously now that's something that I've worked past, but it's not my fault that that's what I turned to because that was the only thing, that was the only tool I had in the toolbox. And no, it wasn't a good tool, but it was something. Now that you understand that you cannot hate yourself for these negative coping strategies, you need to make a diagram. Okay, so make a spider web diagram, make a little mind map. I, I know that these words are kind of probably more Americanized. I don't know if like my international audience understands what I'm going on, but it's pretty much like create little circles, right? And in the circle, write down like emotional eating or self-isolation or overworking myself or sleeping too much or sleeping too little. Like all of these negative coping strategies, put them in like a little, each of them are in like a little circle on a page, right? Then on the outside of your page or your iPad or wherever you're doing this, write the emotions that trigger it. So anxiety, stress, sometimes it could also be like people or certain places, but generally it's emotions like anxiety, stress, sadness, even happiness sometimes, right? So now that you have all of these like emotions, aka words around the page and kind of near the center-ish, you have all these circles of like all of the negative coping strategies. I want you to draw a line from like stress to what it triggers, right? So I would draw a line from stress to emotional eating because stress would trigger, trigger that for me. I would draw a line of stress to self-isolation because again, stress would also trigger self-isolation. You need to understand on this page, you're going to have your negative coping strategies kind of near the center in like little circles. But then on the outside, you're going to have all of these lines going off of emotions that trigger it. And this is going to be so eye-opening for you because you're going to you're going to realize what's causing everything and you're going to realize that, yes, this is very difficult. It's probably not the easiest, not the most fun thing to journal about or to think about, but this will help you understand what triggers what and 
maybe when you have stress that triggers a lot of negative coping strategies and you just end up picking one. Well, now we know that we need to focus on what to do when you are stressed in a positive way, right? But this is very eye-opening. Understand all of these emotions and what those emotions trigger when it comes to negative coping strategies. Third, now that you're aware of those emotions, I want you to write each of those emotions. And I did this on like a bunch of post-it notes. You can definitely do it like on your phone notes app is like write out like stress, right? And then underneath that, write three to five easy things that you can do instead. Those are going to be the tools in your toolbox. They're going to be the hammer. They're going to be the screws. They're going to be the... I don't know, ruler, right? Make sure the tools are enjoyable, okay? Don't make yourself like, oh, when I'm stressed, I'm going to run. If you hate running, that's not going to work. You're never going to turn to that. You need to do something that you love. Like if you love coloring or reading, do that. For me, like under stress, I can put talking to a friend, deep breathing, going on a walk or run outside because I actually really enjoy running and petting my dog. Make sure that your tools are easy, that they're enjoyable, and no matter where you are, you can at least do one of them. For example, if I'm stressed, but I'm on an airplane, I can't pet my dog, right? I can't go on a run, probably can't talk to a friend because I'm in the sky. However, I can do deep breathing. So make sure that no matter what situation you're in, you can have at least one tool in that toolbox that you can turn to rather than those negative coping strategies. All of those emotions, right? Like being stressed, being angry, being sad, they trigger negative coping strategies and we want to find a replacement. We want to find a positive coping strategy for it, okay? You can't avoid the emotion. That's literally what you're doing and obviously it's not doing much for you. You need to be able to face the emotion and then right when you see, oh, I'm stressed, let me go and, you know, allow myself to feel the anxiety, feel the stress, but also work on a positive coping strategy so then I feel better. Fourth is I want you to work on building these positive coping strategy habits, right? I believe everything is habitual. You know, you get up and if you first turn to your phone before anything, that's a habit, right? Or you first turn to water and you drink some water and you go about your morning routine without your phone, that's also a habit. Habits are the building blocks to success. So make sure that your positive coping strategies become habitual, right? At first though, No matter how enjoyable your positive coping strategy is, sometimes it will be challenging. Sometimes when you're really stressed, you want to turn to like food or self-isolating to deal with it. Instead, right, do your positive coping strategy. And at first, again, it will be challenging. But once the habit is put in place, right, this will just become a habit. This is going to be something that you itch to, right? When I'm stressed, I itch to move my body, to run, to work out because that's a habit, right? I don't turn to food anymore, right? I don't turn to self-isolation because for me, that's not going to make me feel good. But even though we're working on, you know, going to our positive coping strategies, using all those tools in the toolbox, I want you to understand that you need to let yourself feel. Stop shooting yourself. Stop saying, oh, it's my birthday. Why am I crying? I should be happy because you're sad. Okay, move on. Stop trying to rationalize your emotions and suppress them and, you know, overthink them and understand why am I feeling this way? And I don't get it. And I should not be so stressed. It's not even a big assignment, but you are. Okay, you are. And you need to get over the fact that you are right. Allow yourself to cry, to scream. Obviously, you know, you make sure that like you're doing it in a smart way, like scream into a pillow, like muffle it. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't be dumb about it, but just allow yourself to feel. But once you get it out of your system, 
dial it back, understand you are the driver of your life. It's not anybody's job to make you feel better, but you, you are not a victim of your circumstances and you will get through all of these negative emotions and feelings by using positive coping strategies. Cause that's who you are, right? You are a wellness princess and you are on the journey of becoming the best version of yourself. That's who you are. You're resilient. You are able to work towards being the best version of you step-by-step. And of course, it's going to be hard at first, but I have no doubt in my mind that you can do it. Fifth, do not fall into the all or nothing mentality. So one of the things that is so self-sabotaging and can greatly limit your ability to overcome obstacles is the all or nothing mentality, right? You make one mistake and everything else goes spiraling down. Your self-worth goes spiraling down. All your positive habits and routines go out the window, etc. right? One of the things that I always remind myself when I'm noticing this all or nothing mentality come up is just because the phone is cracked does not mean you need to shatter it, okay? I want to repeat that one more time. Just like really pay attention. If you've been zoning out, if you're on like a hawk or a walk, just pay attention, right? Just because the phone is cracked, it does not mean you need to shatter it. If you made a mistake, you don't need to capitalize it and then make the mistake a bigger deal than it really is, right? For example, what if you forgot you had an exam and you got an F, right? And you want to have straight A's, so you're kind of upset, right? But that doesn't mean you need to throw out studying out the window and say, I give up. I'm dropping out of this class. I don't care anymore. No, just because the phone is cracked doesn't mean you need to shatter it. What if you still work hard, show up tomorrow, study hard, ask questions, and then by the end of the semester, you could probably get an A, right? Let's say that you were unproductive this morning. You didn't work out. You didn't eat a healthy breakfast. You didn't do your normal morning routine. It's now 2 p.m. Do you A, shatter the phone and continue being unproductive and feel bad about yourself? Or B, pull yourself together, get a nice little drink like a coffee, a matcha, water, and get back to work. Get back to being productive. Oh, for the girls that struggle with emotional eating or binge eating tendencies, let's say you ate an unhealthy lunch, right? You were upset and you had to go and you kind of had some fast food, which again, everything fits in a balanced diet, but you were not in a good emotional headspace to be eating that kind of food. You get what I'm saying? But anyway, now after this unhealthy lunch, you feel sluggish. You feel bad about yourself and quote unquote, you ate so unhealthy. So you end up throwing all common sense out the window and eat junk for the rest of the day and say diet starts tomorrow. Why are you shattering the phone, babe? If I drop my phone once and there's a little crack, would I pick up my phone and shove it against the cement like four more times to really crack it and shatter it and make it not work? No, my phone is cracked. It's not completely broken. But every time you are doing this all or nothing mentality, you're just shattering the phone. The phone still works if there's a crack, right? If you messed up and maybe you ate an unhealthy lunch or you probably ate something you weren't very hungry, right? You were turning to food for emotional comfort or you were unproductive for a few hours. That's okay. Pick yourself back up. You don't need to start at 5 a.m. to work out. You can start working out whenever. You don't need to wait till Monday for your diet or whatever. Start eating healthy now. Stop with the all or nothing mentality ultimately. Like successful people bounce back quickly. There's a mistake, there's an issue and they understand it and they go straight back. There's no all or nothing. There's no, oh, if I can't do this perfectly, I can't do it at all. No, life is imperfect. 
pick yourself back up day after day after day after day with no judgment. You are a human. You are working on becoming the best version of yourself. You're listening to this episode and that's probably something not a lot of people can say. Life will throw things at you and ultimately it's up to you to be able to handle them in a healthy way and be able to bounce back and overcome obstacles and understand that you're human, you're going to make mistakes, but it matters more on how you handle those mistakes rather than spiraling into, oh, I'm a failure. I can't do this. I can't do this. And then you just feel even worse about yourself and use more negative coping strategies to make yourself feel better. And then that makes you feel even worse. So as you can see, it's kind of like a big snowball effect, right? So if you mess up, pick yourself back up, no matter if it's 2 p.m. or 9 p.m. or midnight. If it's midnight, babe, go to sleep. But like, really pick yourself back up. Start drinking your water, start, you know, eating healthy and being able to deal with negative emotions is so, so important. Finally, I have some bonus tips for like more focused negative coping strategies um, that I struggled with because there are ways that you can just make things so much easier. So for anxiety, if you're stressed, I really recommend deep breathing and mindfulness. So when I'm really anxious, what I like to do is I like to start taking very deep breaths and I tense up my entire body and then I like exhale and I like relax my entire body and trust me that will do wonders if you do it like five times. I also like to do some mindfulness and how I do it is I just start to under like start to really tune into your body and feel how you breathe, right? Feel your lungs expanding and exhaling. Try to feel the pulse in your body because sometimes we're so in our heads, we're so out of our bodies that we forget that like you are a human being, you are a body. So like your body is beating and breathing and working for you. So respect it and understand it. And I just like to sometimes feel my pulse just throughout my entire body, feel the blood pumping. And that just kind of helps to lower that anxiety. Also for anxiety, get outside, go for a walk, sit outside, feel the sun. Like nature is so healing. And I've said that before and I'll keep saying it again. Nature is so healing. If you struggle with, you know, nail biting, nail chewing, cuticle picking, etc., get your nails done. I get my nails done, I get extensions, and that really helps me to limit picking because like I spent like $60 on my nails, I'm not going to ruin them. And I also use a lot of cuticle oil. I use band-aids, especially on high stress days, I will like bandage up my thumbs in particular, and that's just what works. Um it's probably I don't know if this is common like cuticle picking, but like I've had a f- couple of friends struggle with it, so maybe it's more common than you think. Um, so, I mean, that's just a bonus tip for me. If you struggle with overeating, right? First, make sure you're eating proper meals throughout the day, not like skipping breakfast or having something tiny or having a really small lunch. Like, if you don't eat enough throughout the day, your body will demand food in the evening. It's not dumb. So, I try to make breakfast and lunch my biggest meals of the day, super high protein, balanced, etc., healthy so then I'm not too hungry for dinner. I even try and have like dessert more in the daytime because then I just like, I get my sweet fix, but I don't have to like, I guess like eat past fullness for dinner, if you know what I mean. So for me, if you struggle with overeating, first try to make sure you're eating enough. And if you are, then start working on those positive coping strategies, making sure that you're not turning to food for, you know, when you're stressed, angry, etc. And finally, if you struggle with procrastination, especially when your self-worth is kind of low, try time blocking, try using the Pomodoro technique, which is like you're working for 25 minutes and take a five minute break. That's super helpful on days where I feel like my attention span is really short. 
And sometimes I have to uninstall or block social media for certain times. If I feel like my self-worth is not okay, I will like stay off of social media. If I feel like, you know, I'm procrastinating a little too much, I will block social media, especially in the evening. I find that sometimes I forget that I need to be going to bed on time. So generally I keep social media turned off in the evening and that just helps me stay productive, but also like limit the procrastination that I tend to struggle with. All right, girls. Well, I hope you really liked this episode. I hope that hopefully you gained some knowledge on how to build those positive coping strategies, like going outside for a walk when you're stressed, deep breathing, you know, when you're angry, deal with the emotions, journal about it. I want you to allow yourself to feel, forgive your past self for those negative coping strategies, but also allow yourself to feel and work on creating positive coping strategies. So when stress comes up, when anger comes out, because life isn't perfect, that's going to happen. You have some tools in your toolbox to lean on rather than going to those negative coping strategies. Again, I hope you loved this episode. Be sure to DM me any episode suggestions. If any of this resonated with you, be sure to follow this podcast and all of my socials, give it a rating, give it a review. I have a ton of links down below. You can find me by clicking that link tree. You can find like Amazon links and whatever. And also answer the Spotify question for a shout out. And I will see you next week, my loves. Bye-bye.